Hi, and welcome to the Part 3 with me podcast. The show that helps Part 3 students jumpstart into their careers as qualified architects and also to provide refresher episodes for practicing architects. I am your host, Maria Scudari. And this week, we will be talking about the future homes standard. Uh, Today's episode meets PC1 and PC3 of the Part 3 criteria. So what is the future home standard? So in 2019, the UK government introduced a commitment called the Future Home Standard to ensure newly built homes are future-proofed with low-carbon energy-efficient heating systems, leading towards the Future Home Standard roadmap to reduce energy usage and greenhouse emissions of new buildings from 2025. So the Future Home Standard is set to complement the building regulations aiming to improve energy efficiency in homes from 2025. So to start introducing this standard, the government undertook a consultation process, which launched in 2019, looking at uh, Part L and Part F of the building regulations as part of the future homes uh, standard to improve energy efficiency of new homes and announced that new homes will need to be equipped with low-carbon heating solutions by 2025. So we already, uh, we've already seen the start of these uplifts and changes through the release of the updated parts LNF in June 2022. So those changes are the introduction to further changes to come to meet the future home standards further in 2025. So probably parts L and F will be updated again uh, then to meet the requirements of the future homes uh, standard. Now, to also tackle non-domestic buildings, the government has announced a second consultation, the future buildings standard, to look at measures to improve energy efficiency of non-domestic buildings and improving energy efficiency when retrofitting them. So I will probably cover this in a separate episode uh, in a couple of weeks. So the government intends to introduce additional necessary legislation, as I mentioned, to meet the future home standard in 2024 to be implemented by 2025. So basically they will outline what they intend to potentially uplift and change, but those won't be actually implemented until 2025 but we might know what the changes will be in 2024. Uh, And these will be, of course, to meet the overarching target to bring all greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2050, which is the overall uh, goal for uh, the UK government. So the aim of the future home standard is that from 2025, new homes uh, will be at least... uh, Uh, emitting 75 to 80% uh, lower carbon dioxide emissions compared to the current building regulations. Uh, They will also ensure that new homes will be fit for the future and better for the environment and more affordable. So basically, obviously, using more sustainable solutions will also be uh, cheaper to homeowners because they will be using uh, renewable energy sources. And uh, also, the Future Home Standard aims to make all homes to be zero carbon ready, 
meaning becoming zero carbon homes over time as the electricity grid uh, decarbonizes without requiring additional costly retrofitting works. So in order to meet these standards by 2025, the industry will need to develop the necessary supply chain skills and construction practices to deliver low carbon heat and highly energy efficient new homes. So what does a future home standard house look like? So it's expected to have a heat pump, uh, waste uh, water heat recovery systems, double or triple glazing, uh, solar panels, and standards for walls, floors, and roofs that significantly limit any heat loss, therefore adopting a fabric uh, first approach. Uh, heat pumps especially are anticipated to play a major role in delivering low carbon heat for homes uh, that will be built to the future home standard. So heat pumps come with the same low carbon benefits as direct electric heating, but they can deliver much more efficiently, helping to overcome the affordability and grid resource constraints associated with um, direct electric heating. Another potential solution that is being explored is decarbonizing the heat networks, distributing heat to different buildings and households by testing new technologies and also benefiting from thermal storage, which will assist in reducing the energy demand on the grid at peak times. Now, when it comes to actually implementing the future home standard, it will be implemented through the building regulations, as we have already seen with the uplifts to part L and part F and the introduction of part O. In terms of upskilling, unfortunately, some builders are not ready yet uh, and do not have the necessary knowledge and skills to start building to high fabric specifications. So the government is working with the industry to promote and fund this uh, skills gap to bring the whole industry up to the level it needs to be, which we have already faced some uh, problems with um, the lack of knowledge and skills in the industry, because when the Planning and Energy Act 2008 was first implemented, it did give powers to local planning authorities to set and apply policies in their local plans, where some of them required compliance with energy efficiency standards uh, for new homes to exceed the building regulations. So obviously quite a few builders were struggling to meet these requirements because they lacked the knowledge and skills. So the aim of the future homes and building standards is to give time to the industry to upskill as necessary so that there are no uh, inconsistency in minimum energy standards being applied across the UK and that um, the future homes and building standard will set the bar at the same level everywhere for everyone to adhere to the same standards and by that time uh, the industry will be ready to tackle um, these standards as required. So the government is looking at potentially including amendments to the Planning and Energy Act 2008, which would restrict local planning authorities from setting higher energy efficiency standards for new homes. But this, of course, is yet to be decided. So it will be something to be concluded uh, probably uh, later in 2024 and 2025. Now, when it comes to actually measuring the energy performance under Part L 
um, for new buildings. The government proposes they are measured against uh, primary energy targets, CO2 emission targets, household affordability rating, and minimum standards of fabric and fixed uh, building services. So electricity is seen as a good alternative use of main energy resource as it has uh, lower CO2 emission factors. But the only downside with electricity is that it would result in higher household energy bills. So it's recommended where direct electric heating is installed that the building should achieve increased fabric efficiency, which is the Fabric First initiative, uh, use of heat recovery devices, renewable generation and on-site storage. So the primary method for measuring and calculating primary energy and emission rate is through using the standard assessment procedure, also known as SAP. Uh, so to meet the new Part L requirements, the government has published a new version of the software incorporating all the additional requirements uh, set by Part L. So the aim of Part L is to be used to set the minimum energy performance standards for buildings, to drive reductions in emission and to meet the ambitious domestic energy efficiency agenda. So one of the ways to measure performance, which um, may be introduced in the building regulations, is the use of self-regulating devices, which can regulate the temperature in each room of a new home, and also using a building automation and control system, monitoring and controlling a building's environment and services. So through the Future Homes uh, standard, the aim was also to address concerns that were raised in Dame Judith Hackett's report on the independent review of building regulations and fire safety to provide a more clear guidance and tailored to the needs of people who need to use them. Hence, another reason for the updates to Part L's and F, making it clearer of what is expected of home builders and developers to comply with building regulations. Now, so that covered roughly a few of the changes to Part L. Now looking at Part F, uh, Part F generally specifies uh, whole dwelling ventilation rates to supply air to habitable rooms, according to the number of bedrooms, occupants, and the minimum ventilation rate by internal floor area. So improvements to Part F are to improve indoor air quality in new homes. And the standard therefore implemented changes to Part F in providing ventilation solutions by providing a number of um, potential ways to tackle this, which includes background ventilators and intermittent extract fans, passive stack ventilation, continuous mechanical extract ventilation, and continuous mechanical supply and extract with heat recovery. Some of these are of course more favorable than others. Uh, mechanical ventilation with heat recovery, for example, is generally considered the most appropriate. As new homes are now required to be more airtight, uh, background ventilators are also recommended to mitigate the risk uh, of reduced air supply. Uh, and for any level of air tightness, then continuous mechanical supply and extract will be more uh, suited. So air tightness is also an important factor with the future home standard, since uh, less airtight buildings can waste energy by losing warm internal air and taking in cold air. So the standard seeks to improve and enhance air tightness requirements 
But as mentioned, if a building is too airtight, then it can result in poor uh, indoor air quality. And therefore, the Future Home Standard recommends a balance of energy per CO2 credit in SAP calculations so that naturally ventilated buildings are not credited with additional energy savings from a specific air tightness point. Uh, now, if the building, however, is fully mechanically ventilated, then higher air tightness is better since the ventilation system should provide enough ventilation to prevent poor indoor air quality and generally to have either variation achieved and actually applied, the future home standard seeks to mandate air tightness testing in all new uh, dwellings. So the future home standard has generally identified that there is a significant difference between design intent and measured energy performance of new buildings, uh, which is often referred to as the performance gap. So this performance gap is particularly affected by limitations of energy models, a different occupant behavior of each dwelling and build quality, which lead to new homes not meeting the intended primary energy rates, CO2 rates or U values, which results in higher emission and high energy bills for occupants. So to ensure this is avoided, the Future Home Standard proposes the introduction of the Build Quality Guidance, a compliance report to Part L, uh, SAP calculations, and a new role of the Building Safety Regulator. So starting with the new role, the Building Safety Regulator will have responsibility for overseeing design and management of buildings, with a strong focus on ensuring the stricter regime for buildings, uh, and to make sure uh, everything is enforced effectively and robustly, aiming to improve compliance and strengthen enforcement and sanctions within a uh, new building safety regulator system framework. Therefore, as part of their duties, they will be seeking to determine the build uh, quality requirement standard required both at design and construction stages, which includes properly detailed insulation gaps to avoid heat loss and thermal bypass and risks of condensation and mold, uh, thermal bridging at junctions, air tightness where incoming services penetrate through walls, floors and so on, air tightness of structure including walls, roof, floor junctions and partitions, uh, air tightness around openings including windows, doors and loft hatches, and air tightness for internal services. Then at the end of construction, the as-build calculations compliance report would need to be submitted, demonstrating that it complies with the product-specific materials that have been used in the construction of the thermal elements, that uh, it complies with the product-specific equipment installed for heating, hot water, ventilation and micro-generation in the dwelling. It will include a summary of the U-value and Xi-value calculations, as used in the as-build emissions and primary energy rate calculations, and also include a summary of the thermal bridging details used, including the source and reference. So this report will then need to be signed by the energy assessor to confirm that the as-build calculations are accurate. And then the report will be provided to the relevant building control body that can then be used as a checklist for site inspections of thermal elements. Photographic evidence will also be required to improve the accuracy of energy calculations 
and to provide assurance that the SAP energy models are a true uh, reflection of the as-built dwelling. So six basic elements will need to be captured within the photographic evidence, which includes um, capturing the insulation levels and product types, the main and secondary heating systems, the ventilation system, the domestic hot water system type, evidence of LZC technologies and relevant data, meaning installed solar water heating, PV panels uh, and batteries, for example, and also capturing construction details, which is one image per thermal junction type uh, would be sufficient to confirm compliance. So this whole process is to ensure that if any of these items are substituted during construction, it will be captured in the photographic evidence. And this process also ensures that key materials are not substituted in the first place for lower quality and low performance materials. Uh, and at the end of the whole process, the developer or the builder will need to sign a specification sheet confirming that the work carried out was in accordance with the list of specifications submitted to building control before the work started on site. And then both the compliance report and the photographic evidence will need to be provided to building control to confirm that the minimum requirements of the regulations have been met and also providing a copy of these to the building owner, providing them with certainty that the home they are buying is built as per the energy efficiency uh, design specifications and requirements, and also providing them with a guidance on how to use the building services efficiently. So this ensures that once a new home has been built, no refurbishment will be necessary to reach uh, zero carbon. So that's generally what the government sets out in the future home standard. I have uh, mentioned some of these in an earlier episode when I mentioned the legislation changes in 2022. Uh, now, very quickly looking at the RIBA's views is that uh, they believe that the government's current steps is that the 2022 uplifts were not as ambitious as hoped but they seek to influence the additional uplifts that will come into force in 2025. So they are regularly in correspondence with the government, uh, advising and trying to push for higher and better standards to meet our carbon emissions and climate targets. So to sum up what I discussed today, the Future Home Standards is the first stage of the UK government to ensure that new build houses are future-proofed with low carbon heating and energy efficiency and will come into effect and become mandatory in England in 2025. The Future Home Standard aim is for an average home to produce uh, 75 to 80% lower CO2 emissions. The first step uh, were the updates to approved documents uh, L uh, and F that came into effect in 2022 uh, to have a fabric first approach and low carbon heating systems, also improving the performance gap and also the introduction of approved document O on uh, overheating. So the interim uplifts applied with part L and F is delivering new homes with currently CO2 savings of 31% through a combination of low carbon heating and increased uh, fabric standards. And these uplifts are intended to pave the way for 
a successful implementation of the future home standard in 2025, where they will probably be revisited. Uh, but I guess we'll see in the next year or so. Uh, so therefore, new buildings will need to be designed with an improved fabric, air tightness and thermal performance, prevent overheating, improve ventilation, switch to alternative and renewable systems and include electric vehicle charging points and cable routes. Uh, and lastly, developers and builders will need to demonstrate that the building meets the minimum requirements by providing to building control a compliance report and photographic evidence of key interfaces. So currently the government is consulting on technical aspects of the future homes standard before updating the regulations again for the 2025 implementation. So I expect more updates to come on this. So I will follow up with a part two either later in the year or early next year. And that concludes today's episode. If you would like to get in contact with me, please feel free to email me on the address provided in the show notes. Thank you for listening. This is an educational show aimed at supporting the future generation of architects. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. Please join me next week for some more Part 3 with me time. Thank you.